0: All right, welcome back in to The Plank Show, right here on The Ref with Josh Elmer. I'm Chris Plank. Uh, we got a lot to get to in the top five stories of the day, but Josh, real quick before we hit it, just to kind of obviously give away big story number one, right? Through this week of conversation, through all of our breakdowns, our insights, analyses, all those fun things that we've done here for three hours every single day. We ask this question a lot throughout the week, right? Because I have one. Is there anything in your opinion that has changed kind of your perspective, really stood out to you, really caught your eye in anticipation of tomorrow's OU-UCF game?
1: I think just how the defense is – two things. How the defense is going to hold up, right – I think we we feel like this is an Oklahoma defense that is much much improved, and hey, the the proof is in the pudding, right? But uh, they, they've talked me in to the idea, right, that this is a big time defensive challenge for Oklahoma. <laughs> so I'm so I'm curious to watch how that plays out, and then Oklahoma are they going to be able to run the football? Because everybody else been running the football on UCF. So uh, th- those would be the two items that I want to watch play out.
0: Can I give you one that I don't? I, I know it would be a very knee-jerky reaction by a lot of people once, I don't know, UCF has any success at any point during this game <laughs> on Saturday. I feel like everything that's being said is the right thing to say. I feel like every angle that's been talked about is the right angle to take. I feel like everything that's involved in counting down to Saturday has been what you would want, right? Hey, we're refocused, celebrate hard, but not long, all those different things, right? How will this group handle success? That's, and I've thought about it a lot. I think, um, oh gosh, I can't remember now who was talking about it. Maybe it Maybe it was Tyler yesterday. But, I mean, Josh, this is... Now, trust me, there is somebody to make sure that you don't get too carried away with the nice things that are being said about you. Whenever Brent Venables talked last Monday about their film session and how after they went through it, the team probably felt like they lost, right? <laughs> so,
1: I love it, that. That's great. I do,
0: too. I do, too. But is there any concern at all, any concern at all, about living in the Texas moment too long, about allowing that to become more of, we did it. We beat Texas. They embarrassed us last year. It's uh, it's been a bane on this program for a year, but we beat them. We got them. We're good. Mission accomplished. I think the coach would not allow that to happen. Josh, do you have any concerns about that come tomorrow?
1: I really don't. And the the bye week to me obviously helps because you've had you've had so much time now between winning that game and getting ready to play this one that. Even if you were a little fat and happy, okay, well, now you've had plenty of time to get back to work for Oklahoma. So I, I just don't think uh, – I'm not worried about it. I mean, obviously, it could develop into a storyline. If Oklahoma comes out flat, that's where people are going to – that's where they're naturally going to turn to, right? But I, I think we're going to see a good performance from Oklahoma. I really do.
0: I do, too. I do, too. All right, well, there's some food for thought or uh, – what is thought or? What is food for fodder? My goodness, just fire me now. There's some food for thotter, uh, fodder before we hit the top five stories of the day. Be curious to get your thoughts on, I don't know, how, how you view that. And, and again, it it, it will be anytime there's any successful play by UCF in this game. You know, you, you probably got it ready in your drafts. You're ready to send that text. You're ready to turn to your family member or whomever you're at the game with and say something along the lines of, pfft. Celebrated Texas too much. You, you know what's coming, Josh, in any positivity that happens here, right, this weekend. But I, I am not somebody who is overly concerned about that. I think that they're very grounded right now. All right, let's get to the top five stories of the day. We do this every single Friday, every single day at 5 p.m., and it's brought to you by Newcastle Casino.
1: It's time for the top five stories of the day. Seven- Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle
0: Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Nah, Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, newcastlecasino.com. The uh, happy hour daily, Monday through Friday. Well, Monday through Friday, from 3 to 6. Let's get after it. Newcastle Casino, check them out. The OTB is pretty awesome as well. All right, big story, number five. Number five. Oh. Bodine from the Osage it uh, did give me a good reminder that I haven't told you guys about where we are. He texted into the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line and said, not sure where you're broadcasting from, but it sounds like there's a rave in the background. Well, there is. There's a rave. We're coming to you live from, uh, I can't think of any great nightclubs from back in the day whenever I was in college that I could say. But, no, today is uh, Burn Boot Camp, and it was really cool. So they're in a little... Uh, Rest you, you won't have to worry about the rave, Bodine, but uh, it's on an OEC Fiber Football Friday, and Scott and Casey are just awesome. Uh, their family, Normanites, uh, Scott's involved in the community, they're involved in the community, and great OEC Fiber partners. You can learn more at burnbootcamp.com. Josh, got a couple things here, big story number five. Yesterday, I felt like big story five and four had three stories in them, but I guess we'll start with the fact that now we have a series in the National League, Championship Series.
2: One out, bases loaded, 1-1 at the bottom of the ninth. Jimbo ready, Marte ready. And the 0-1 pitch. Trying base hit! Diamondbacks win! And the score is Smith. Marte gets his third hit of the ball alive and well in the national league championship series they win game three they come back home they beat the phillies two to one on a walk up by Marte.
0: prime time tonight prime time tonight uh seven o'clock on tbs phillies and diamondbacks and then this afternoon at four astros and rangers and Things kind of got away from Texas again yesterday. Here's a 3-2 to Alvarez. Brown ball hits sharply past the dive of low and in the right of base hit. Altuve can walk home. You're on Alvarez with his third RBI of the ball game. And the Astros lead is 10-3. That would be the final score. So the ALCS tied up at three, uh, two games apiece. Phillies up two games to one with a chance to go up 3-1. The Diamondbacks with a chance to even the series tonight. I'm not going to lie to you. I was so in on the Saints Jaguars game, Josh. I don't think I watched a pitch of that la- a pitch of that last night. Does that make me a terrible person?
1: Uh, it doesn't make you a terrible person if you enjoy watching football. You enjoy watching football. I don't think that's unusual.
0: Not very well rounded, as far as my sports world is concerned. But there you go.
1: Huge, uh, uh, huge game tonight. Stros and Rangers. Massive series tilter tonight.
0: M- massive. I, I wanted to mention this, too, in the top five stories of the day, and I had it here at number five, uh, but the OU volleyball team got a big win last night and that they desperately needed. It uh, was their first conference win of the year. They beat Kansas State in a thrilling fifth-set comeback, and uh, they needed it. Big Twelve, Big 12 is really, really good in volleyball this year. I think 50% of the league is uh, ranked right now. So they'll turn around and they'll play Kansas State again tonight inside the McCaslin Fieldhouse. You can get there for a 6 o'clock start. Uh, Coach Mansfield, Aaron Mansfield squad needs your support. Get out there. Should be fun. 6 o'clock tonight for OU Kansas State Volleyball. Okay, Uh, big story number four has been a major topic on this show today, so let's hit it. Number four. Uh, I feel like we're getting a lot more information than we had before. On the Michigan sign-stealing scandal, again, if you're uh, unfamiliar with what's happened, uh, Michigan has been notified by the NCAA and the Big Ten that there is an investigation and allegations that the Wolverines were stealing signs. Now, to be clear, sign-stealing is allowed. I mean, there's no rules against it in in college football, unless unless you go off campus and you are in person scouting a future opponent which is ncaa by bylaw 11.6.1 now bud elliott bud elliott had an interesting tweet on this earlier today and i again you can think how you want about bud elliott i don't mind him too much it's like this has been a wild week for decommitments across college football so maybe i've had my antennas up a little bit more But he kind of called garbage on all of this, and he tweeted this little thread, and I'm curious to get your take on it. He said, the idea that sending someone to steal signs at an opponent's game, a game played in front of 80,000 people, is somehow unethical or immoral is BS. It's only illegal because in the 90s, a bunch of schools didn't want to pay to send scouts on the road as as was permissible and passed a rule this is the same as the recruit photo shoot band quote we don't want to pay to do this so let's make a rule that you can't do it interesting and i don't know how will they do they need to will they be able to prove whether or not it helped them win josh
1: no there's no way to quantify that right outside of jim harbaugh in michigan being forthcoming and honest which we know that's not going to happen right so there's right. there's really no way to know how much it did or did not unless there's a whistleblower right that, that comes right. Out and says hey yeah this this did help us a lot and even then then you're going to get that pushback from the other side that's like no that's that's not correct at all so we'll never really know i like bud elliott i tend to uh I enjoy his takes, and I think that uh, he's an opinionated guy. A lot of sure. times, I find myself agreeing with him. In this particular instance, I don't. Uh, I don't see those being one and the same. I don't see it okay. being a cost-cutting measure. I think that this, to me, is—is is it a little bit overblown? Yeah, probably. But the rules are black and white, man.
0: Rules are black and white. We'll wait and see what more piles on this, or if it just disappears and like five years later it ends up being like the adidas deal it's like hey man you are a thing in 2022 2023 about michigan yeah i guess they're gonna finally get suspended for it or have suspensions from it it's like 2028 all right big story number three number three take us through josh uh high school fo- oh one side note this is breaking connor stallions the uh guy with a military background that was a Michigan analyst that's been accused of yeah, the, the advanced spies. scouting. Yeah, the spy. Uh scrubbed all of his social media last night. Twitter, Instagram, everything gone.
1: Oh no. So he probably he had some uh cryptic tweets mm. out there.
0: Mm. Interesting. All he, right.
1: Headed to uh <laughs> headed to Bloomington to scout the uh scout the Hoosers.
0: Right, and and all all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what just happened? All right, Josh, Josh, what a game last night for you. The Norman North T-Wolves take care of business, smashing Southmore 43-14. Wait, is that right? Is that the –
1: That was last that's week. Week's, they, they that's week's – That's why – I'm sorry. They haven't updated it. They, they played oh, more – Come on, Scordel. <laughs> they played more last night. Great football more, yeah. game. Uh,
0: 29-26. There you go.
1: Ding, ding, ding. And uh, fell behind 13 nothing. rallied back, uh, wound up being a great game. There was uh, a big-time turnover on downs that Norman North forced. And then uh, they actually won the game, Plank, late. Uh, they had a fourth down that they elected to go for. They could have kicked the field goal – with about two minutes left to go up six points, but obviously they were trying to end it right there inside the 10-yard the line of the Moore Lions. And a face-mask penalty on fourth down is oh. what uh, Moore had to stop. They strung out the quarterback but grabbed the headgear, and that's, that's how Norman North won. But it was a great game, and we've got three games for you on the docket tonight. Norman High is at Mustang. Jinx travels to Southmore. Bixby at Westmore. krefsports.tv.
0: And if you missed anything, please check out our Twitter feed at KREF Sports TV where you get great highlights like this one from last night.
1: Back, Eshelman. Lundquist motions across. Now he cuts upfield. He has the football diving to the end zone. (laughs) Touchdown, Norman North, six yards.
0: Boom. Boom. Good call, Josh. Are you doing any games tonight, or are you getting to uh, rest the old vocal cords?
1: I'm resting the cords, though I will be in attendance at Bixby at Westmore procuring the stream, managing the oh, stream, so okay. I'll be out there. It's actually uh, it's kind of an interesting day at Moore School Stadium. I should mention this, too. Jinx at Southmore, that is a 1 o'clock kick because uh, they've got the Bixby-Westmore game there tonight as well, so kind of interesting. They've got the 1 o'clock game and the, the 7 o'clock game, which is unique.
0: Why did they do that?
1: I, I don't know how it wound up that way. That's a good question.
0: Are kids getting off school for it?
1: Well, they have to be, yeah.
0: They better be. By the way, the war on 74, Dragons go down, take that, Washington Warriors roll. Coach K, best defensive coordinator in high school football, at least in my humble opinion. Purcell went out and did something they didn't do all season long, Josh. They started running the triple option. They were doing the old bleeding the clock thing. The score was like seven zip at halftime because i would love to see the time of possession at the end of the first half but warriors win warriors win all right uh so again krefsports.tv krefsports.tv oh Eric from Moore does point out it's fall break why can't we not all get listen Mike from sand Springs we're all on different fall breaks our fall breaks over it happened it's okay right. it's done so y'all with your different fall break schedules you can go kick rocks. You're telling me, fall break. Um, oh, okay, 405 said so they had run it. Yeah, dang it, I thought it was – I thought they tried to break out the triple option as something new is what a reporter had told me. Well, how about this from the 405? It was run better than it had been all season long.
1: <laughs> they,
0: Jinx they has fall break too?
1: They mastered oh, well. the triple option, sort of. So how come no one
0: has all the same fall break? How come everyone has a different schedule? Why can't we all get on the same schedule? Well,
1: you know, the Norman schools, obviously, they have it the same week as OU Texas, and that's never right. going to change. And that's what we do. That for everybody else, I don't know. Yeah, it's always been later. I, good question.
0: So don't come to me, Candy and the 405, telling me about fall break. I've already lived fall break. Uh, so, okay, well, that makes sense why they're able to do the 1 o'clock game. 1 uh, o'clock for Jinx, and then later on that evening, Bixby will be uh, playing – It's going to be a fun day. You're going to get to see some really good football teams. Really good football teams today in OKC. All right, um, where are we? Number two? Number three. Number two. Number two. Yeah, that's right. So I got uh, a couple of things here on number two. First of all, if you were like me, you were watching the National Football League last night, and the heartbreaking dropped pass by Foster Moreau that likely would have tied the game. But it was set up. As a potential game tying play because of this from Jacksonville. Shotgun, empty backfield for Trevor. Three right, two left, he drops. Checks it down underneath. That's a crossing route to Christian Kirk. 30. 25. 20.
2: 15. 10. Christian Kirk for the goal line. Touchdown. Jacksonville. A crossing route to Christian Kirk. And the Jags have retaken the lead. Nice. That was oh. one of the
0: that was one of the worst defensive plays I think I've ever seen. I'm not kidding. Uh, for as good, for as good as that game ended up being and how good the Saints' defense was in the third and fourth quarters, Josh, that might have been one of the worst defensive plays I think I've ever seen. Literally, it was a crossing pattern, and he took it to the house.
1: Nollins bad at football?
0: Bad at offensive football, man. I've never seen Derek Carr like this. Like he's, they, First of all,
1: sure you have.
0: No, 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 not like this. Not where he's playing bad, where he's mad. Both their tackles are out. They're they're Like three-fifths of their starting offensive line is out, and you don't have Lamar Jackson back there, okay? Um, And Derek was really bad last night. But in the fourth quarter, he was awesome. (laughs) He was like throwing dimes. So I don't know what to make of it. I don't think New Orleans is bad. Uh, I just think it's taken them a while to get everyone on the same page. I think that the uh, Kamara being out, right, and, and then their uh, second back, who was it? Um, their second back got hurt, and last night was his first game back. So I, I think it's just it's taken them a while to match. I think they're going to be okay. I don't think anyone's running away with that NFC South. So even though they're 3-4 and four right now, it doesn't matter. That is,
1: uh, even with a not-so-great loss mixed in, by the way, that's mm-hmm. the best start for Jacksonville in a number of years. I want to say, I don't remember what they said last night, 15 or 16 years. I mean, it's been a long time since Jacksonville has started the way they've started this season.
0: Hmm. I would say this much, Josh. I think they're pretty good. I think they're pretty good. I've watched, I think, what, three? their last three games, three of their last five games, because we got the two games in London, and then we got yesterday on Thursday Night Football. I think they're pretty good. Um, anything else from the NFL we need to get to? I mean, there's all this talk about Russell Wilson not being back in Denver next year, but I don't really know why that would surprise anyone. <laughs> um, where?
1: How are they going to get that done? I mean, what wh- what are they going to do? They're going to I think try you to just bite him, right? the bullet.
0: I think you just bite the bullet, right? What's more than uh, anything else?
1: What's his dead cap? It's a lot, isn't it?
0: Here's what Mark Schlereth said about it. I would be shocked. If Russell Wilson makes it past this year, if wow. he's the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. By the way, is that really that shocking?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was way too dramatic for that. Okay, we
0: go. Next year. I, I would be shocked. And it's not that Russell Wilson is playing terrible football. I mean, Thursday night notwithstanding, he was bad Thursday night. But it's not that he's playing terrible football, but he's not playing winning football, and he's not elevating the players around him. And so, from that standpoint, I think it's time to clean house and it's time to, you know, get new players. Well, if they're going to have the number one pick in the draft, I think that's going to help them out quite a bit whenever it comes to the quarterback situation. Wow. I mean, that's like the least shocking thing I've heard all year long. All right. uh, We're at number one now, right? Number one. Number one. Number one. Um... OU-UCF, uh, I just heard from OU Architect on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. He said, a group of UCF fans on the flight to OKC from Atlanta coming in confident on the plane to OKC. Why not? Why wouldn't they? I mean, think about, think about some of the environments that they've played in, right? They don't, if I was a UCF fan, I mean, I'd be embracing getting to play in a situation like this, right? Getting to play in a stadium in a setting like this. I mean, you go back. Uh, I was I was trying to look through this before we went on the air. They um, they play their their biggest non conference game last year. Josh was at Florida Atlantic. I mean, that was their biggest non in 2021 for for UCF and its fan base. Their biggest non conference game was at Louisville I mean they <laughs> you, you, we, I mean we could do this 2020 kind of non non because of the covid year but in 2019 the the biggest trip they made again was Florida Atlantic and they played Stanford uh, oh they did go to Pitt that year so they played at Field. so you're looking at what maybe three four years since you've and I, I'm gonna go out on a limb Josh. And I'm going to say that that environment for UCF Pitt in 2019 might have been a little bit south of electric, right? A little bit a little bit
1: less than that. Well, it wasn't Gaylord Family, Oklahoma Memorial. So, fam.
0: I, and, and so that's my point, right? This is a program whose big trips over the last decade has been a, a trip to play at Heinz Field, has been a trip to play UConn in 2017. I mean, they – they they went to Maryland, but they've nothing like this. So, heck, yeah, if I'm a UCF fan coming into this, I'm out of my mind jacked about this opportunity, Josh.
1: Yeah, probably shouldn't be altogether that confident, though, right? No. I mean, hey, if they're having fun and they were at the airport bar and it's a big party, I, that I understand. But thinking they're going to win the game, uh, I mean, you're a 17-and-a-half-point dog. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which has moved a little bit, Right. A little bit more in favor of them? Because it, it was 19. Now? It was. In the, you just said 17. I saw. I, I had sawn. Boy, I'm really crushing the English language today.
1: We're, we're inventing. <laughs>
0: uh, it was 19 for a while there. But I I think when you're 19, when you dip to 17 and a half, that's uh, – yeah, open at 19 and a half. It's at mm-hmm. 17 and a half now. So that's a two-point swing in favor of UCF.
1: I bet you it goes back up before kickoff.
0: I do, too. I don't too. All right, it's uh, we got much, much more to come from this, right? Uh, it's 11:26. It's the ref with Josh on plank. We're at Burn Boot Camp today. Uh, Apparently, this is where two-time national champion Oklahoma softball rock star Kylie Lundberg works out as well too. So, because Kylie does, you need to. It's also a great partner with our friends OEC Fiber for an OEC Fiber football Friday. When we come back, some final thoughts from the coaches as we get set for OU UCF and our final look at the Myers Chevrolet text line right here on the home sooner fans. you know, we, you, we usually hear on the plank show, leave every single inch of recruiting talk to our buddy Parker Thune, who's coming up next, but we haven't talked a lot about Michael Boganowski. Brent Venables has had some success in the Kansas area. Junction City. So a uh, a kid, if I understand correctly, Parker, probably going to be a safety. Is that right? Okay. That's what I hear. So Parker will have all the information on him coming up here in mere moments. Um, you know, one thing I mentioned player-wise that we didn't really talk about too much and just kind of some final thoughts leading up to Oklahoma and UCF on Saturday was Jacob Lacey. And Jacob Lacey had a big sack in that OU Texas game and, you know, we, when he first committed, it was a big get for Oklahoma because of the interior of the defensive line needing so much help. But we didn't know if he was ever going to have an opportunity, right? He went in depth on the issues that he battled, and we learned a little bit more this week about the Sooner defensive
3: tackle. Um, got out the spring ball, and I was working on my own. My uh, leg started hurting. And, you know, being a football player, I just thought it was a little knot, something like that, go in the training room, Um, cool. And I was actually doing an internship with Chick-fil-A at the time. So we had flown around and things like that. Everything was fine. I just had a little pain in my leg. And uh, once that was over, I flew back to Notre Dame to see one of my friends graduate. And on that plane ride, I started losing breath, things like that, and coughing up blood, and that's essentially when it started. That that day when I landed, I went to the hospital at 3 a.m. by myself because my, you know my friends are graduating, so they dropped me off. Um, you know, doc said I shouldn't be alive. He looked at me straight up and said, "How are you breathing?" Um, he didn't. He said I'll probably never play football again, and you know I'm just sitting there by myself in that dark room, just thinking like, "Wow, I'm coming here to see some old friends and do, try to do the right thing, and you know something got taken away from me, but." Got through that, everything worked out, and you know, summer-wise, first month and a half, I'm just out here, you know, encouraging the guys, watching, trying to stay positive, you know, working out at the apartment gym by myself because I'm, you know, not supposed to be, but you know, keeping the lungs up and things like that. Um, so each week, it just kind of got more and more and more, and then camp came around. And, you know, I also couldn't do camp just because I was on the back end of that, and that was hard, you know, seeing the guys out there balling, and I just couldn't, you know, just physically couldn't do it whether I wanted to or not, so that was rough. But, you know, that Tuesday before the first game, I was cleared. And something that allowed me to be able to play so fast was, you know, staying locked in, staying engaged, taking notes, doing everything I would do like I was practicing. And so that just allowed me to move on that today.
0: Someone is absolutely wearing out um, a drill behind them. Sounds like the blocking sled or the D-line sled. But if you can work through that, Josh, that's a pretty incredible story, is it not?
1: Sure it is. Yeah, incredible. And, again, one of those puts it into perspective stories for you to where, you know, if you could be a little bit greedy here, obviously, first and foremost, the fact that he's healthy, that's a life-threatening situation. That's scary stuff when you're talking about pulmonary embolisms and having a a blood clot Mm. and everything. But uh, if you can then work past that to now he's healthy. It's a, it's an uplifting story. It's a life perspective changing situation, uh, obviously for him, but for Oklahoma, the greedy side of it is having him in your locker room that now, again, it puts life in perspective for you. Everybody wants to go win football games and they have a championship approach and they're in the hunt for those things. But when he speaks, you're going to listen to that guy because Guess what? He's uh, he's dealing with something that's a little bit larger than football.
0: Yeah, I um, I got to tell you something, man. It's um, it's really cool whenever. It's so many times, Parker Thune's here. He's covered it, Josh. You know this. So many times in college football, we don't hear about some of the things that these individuals went through until after they graduated, because everyone's very and understandably so, right? Everyone's very secretive, and um, they hit the laws, so they kind of will maybe be a little bit less forthcoming with those types of issues and, and injury situations. But I, I appreciate hearing that now. Right. And I think Brent Venables, if that's one thing that he's been a lot more open about is, I'm going to tell your story, you know, that's don't be afraid to, to, to put it out there injury wise or whatever. And that is wild. He'd been flying around doing an internship, had a little leg pain, felt a knot, um, Seemed like it was going okay. Then all of a sudden while he's flying, he's coughing up blood. Goes to the emergency room by himself at 2 a.m. Doctor looks at him and says, bro, you shouldn't be alive. And now here he is out there making plays for the Sooners. What an unbelievable story Jacob Lacey is. Quick break. When we come back, your texts and our six-pack of picks, plus Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts coming up on an OEC Fiber Football Friday from Burn Boot Camp. All right, Josh, you want to hit the uh, six-pack of picks here? show's getting away from us quickly. We only got 20 minutes left. Uh, last week, we both went 6-0. and Actually, I went 2-4 and four last season. <laughs> Our last week. My
1: picks are in the uh, back of the station here, but I'm sure it was uh, – I don't know what it was, but it probably wasn't great.
0: Um, hey, can I just say, Puerto Rican Sooner, I like you and your input. I think you're really good for the station and for the show. And by that, I mean I know you're an early riser. And I know that you are someone that gets to listen to Teddy and Tyler. Do, you, and I say this as somebody who really likes b Dub Brandon Walker. He's trolling you. He's trolling. Don't be. He's like, have you seen Brandon Walker's take about his top ten quarterbacks? He has DG at number ten because he doesn't have a signature win. Puerto Rican Sooner goes back to my great uh, deathbed wish. Is that somebody who is trolling you says something to troll you and nobody responds? Right? Isn't that the best way to go about it, Josh? Just be like, oh, that's great. You, you, get, go to your podcast. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> Even though Brandon's funny, I'll get it. I like Brandon Walker.
1: He's a good <laughs> like content Brandon. creator. He is. He knows what
0: he's doing, or at least he, he he thinks he does. And I get the biggest kick out of it. But yeah, don't get too com- uh, caught up in that. Um, Per Ian Fitzsimmons writes the 4 for this one literally just hit all the NFL scouts want to see how Caleb Williams responds this week after having his worst game. Ian would know. Ian talks to a lot of people. Um, Daniel Akin, uh, Akin, 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 Akin me interviewed on Good Morning Football NFL Network. That's good. Uh, From the 918, Texas fans wondered why OU fans were excited for OU Texas because they thought they were going to whip us. Why are we looking down on UCF fans for being excited? Are we looking down on them? I don't think we are. I'm pumped for them. This is absolutely, absolutely one of the biggest games they've ever had as a program. It's hands down their biggest conference game they've ever had. And it might be their, their – well, I guess I'll just stay with that because they did play in a couple of big-time bowl games. But as far as regular season games, I don't know if UCF's playing
1: in a bigger game than this, Josh. I really don't. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's an important one for him for sure. Absolutely. In, in terms of environment, I mean, this is – yeah, this is pretty grand.
0: Yeah, it is. I think the biggest disappointment was me finding out that somehow Moore is on fall break today and that I had bad information that Purcell had not been running the triple option all season. Dang it.
1: <laughs> Brr,
0: I think that's what makes me angrier than anything. Uh, two other quick texts, and uh, then we'll get to our six-pack of picks. 405-651-3439. Cool Mo J writes, Brent seems to be a really solid father figure to a lot of these kids. If anyone wants to get a behind-the-scenes look into the football program, you can go to the OU YouTube channel. They uh, or type in ouDNA or um, <clears throat> you can have a ESPN Plus subscription and watch it that way. <laughs> but hey, here's the thing: here's the thing, Cool Koolmoj. It hasn't been taken down, right? But it shows behind-the-scenes football practices as well as what they talk about in the locker room, and there is some great game footage. I'll tell you what I love about that show: you get to you get the team meeting when when BB's got the. Oh, the hourglass, like, sends to the hourglass. Puts it up there, and he gives them the the plan for the week. I think that's great stuff. And I think you're right, Kulmo Jay. I think you're right. Stop me if this sounds familiar, writes Jesse G. Brilliant young offensive mind. Always has had an eye on the NFL. Gets a great college football job. Bails to go to USC. It doesn't work out for him. Guys, that's Lane Kiffin. It feels like Lincoln Riley is turning it a lane train 2.0. He's destined to spend two redemption years getting his backside chewed by Nick Saban. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, not concerned about Oklahoma still celebrating the Texas win, tweets or text to 405. We're not Oklahoma State. Texas is not our Super Bowl. They'll be just fine.
1: And again, I think the bye week helps.
0: Oh, me too. Me too. And uh, then one more quick. I keep saying one more, and these are so good from what I've saved throughout the show. Lloyd, OU Texas Hangover only belongs to Texas and the media, (laughs) which gets us to our six-pack of picks. You ready, Josh? Let's do it. Uh, I'm going to start with OU. I'm taking them. Minus the 17, I agree with you. I think that number will grow, but give me the Sooners minus 17 against UCF.
1: I likewise will take Oklahoma minus 17 and a Hafe versus uh, UCF. I I just think offensively, defensively, I expect a lot of success, and it's a home game. The crowd should be into it. Uh, So I I like Oklahoma to roll tomorrow. 3-2-1, my record last week, by the way.
0: Not bad. Not bad. Um, I got UAB plus 6.5 against Memphis. I thought about this game long and hard for my upset special, but uh, give me UAB plus 6.5 against Memphis.
1: I'll just uh, toss along the picks that I made this morning. Penn State, I like to upset uh, Ohio State. I think they're winning the game straight up. I just think top to bottom they're better than uh, Ohio State. Defensively, they're really, really good, and they think they have the quarterback and Drew Aller that they've recruited to go win these kinds of games. And then uh, my my lock, uh, Wisconsin, just a gut feel. I took them uh, minus two and a half. They were terrible. There's nothing that uh, happened versus Iowa that would indicate this. But I think uh, Illinois, everybody out on – over their skis a little bit over one nice little upset win over Maryland. I think Wisconsin mm. bounces back.
0: Mm. Are you saying that it just reminded me they had won that game last week. All right, then I'll give two quick ones here. Uh, my upset special this week, which in our Royal rumble, you need to pick an upset of five or more points, and they've got to pull off the win. So I'm taking Auburn plus the six and a half against the aforementioned lane train. And give me uh, – I think West Virginia might kick Oklahoma State this weekend. I don't know why. I just – you know it, – it, Neil Brown's fighting for his job. Garrett Green played incredible against Houston last week. They lost on a Hail Mary, but in all honesty, they were getting beat before the Hail Mary. I just have a feeling that this uh, this could be a little get right for Oklahoma for West Virginia. Though I love what Oklahoma State has become, and I think they're a problem in two weeks. But I'm taking West Virginia minus three and a half. What do you have? Two more picks,
1: Josh? Opposite into the spectrum. I like Oklahoma State to go on the road and win this game. Ooh! I think uh, they're clearly trending up, and uh, West Virginia they needed the the late rally to even have the chance versus Houston. They didn't. They didn't play all that great. Uh, collectively, I didn't think last week. I thought that was an, a little bit of an alarming performance for them going forward. So I'm taking Oklahoma State to go win on the road.
0: Uh, and then uh, my final two, I'm going to take Bama minus the 8.5 against Tennessee at home. Yeah, Nick Saban this week, we didn't get to play it, but we may be able to play it going out the door here. Just talked about his team playing tight last year. Uh, and I really like Kansas State and Avery Johnson against TCU. I know that last week Texas Tech lost another quarterback, and Avery Johnson in the mix was a bit of a surprise. But I also think Josh Hoover and his success might have caught BYU a little bit by surprise last week. So I think I think Kansas State's going to be prepared and ready to go. I'm I've, taking Kansas State minus six.
1: I've likewise got the, the Wildcats uh, on my board of picks. I told you that if they could – get out of Lubbock with a victory. I like their chances to kind of come rolling into that game down in Austin. So, yeah, I think that, again, we see another nice performance, this time at home from Kansas State. And then my final pick, eight straight, eight straight, they've won over Minnesota and Iowa with uh, an offense or no offense. We'll do the same in cover three and a half versus the Gophers this weekend.
0: There you go. That's our six-pack of picks when we come back. Primrose Funeral Service's final thoughts from Burn Boot Camp on an OEC fiber football Friday.
1: This is your home for Sooner fans.
0: So every day we bring you final thoughts courtesy of Primrose Funeral Service online at primrosefuneralservice.com. Today I just wanted to piggyback off a take from Nick Saban. This was during his Hey Coach segment on his coach's show on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night.
2: We talk about what a great rivalry game this is and what a big game it is, but it should be a big game for everybody. You know, everybody's on the team, all the fans, everybody. And the the fans in this game should have a huge impact on this game. I mean, you can have a huge impact with the noise that you make. This team's trying to go fast. Uh, They run 2.7 plays every minute in the game. So you can affect that and disrupt that by making noise. And, uh, and and it's going to create energy and environment that our players will play better in, they'll be able to sustain their intensity better in, all right, which is what we lost last week, because it's going to take that kind of game for 60 minutes. These guys make a lot of explosive plays, they go fast. All right, so it's going to be one of those kind of games, and everybody's got to stay with it, and you got to play the next play and stay in it as fans. All right, and and you create the momentum of the game by what you do, right, as fans. Don't don't worry about the players creating it. You create it for them. One time, one time, I'm asking you to do that. All right, that's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> by the way, he said one time he's asking them to do this. Josh, I feel like it's been many times that we've heard Nick Saban trying to urge on his fans to bring a little more.
1: Once every couple of years, or in some way, shape, or form, like there there's one. Massive campaign like this that's just so open and transparent and honest about it. But a couple of times it seems like every year there's some sort of comment or he gets asked about the fans in college football, and he's commenting on it. So, hey, you know, good for him. He's trying to, you know, obviously this is a game that uh, stuck with him from last year, I'm sure, right? Had the long streak, snapped in the series, and uh, he wants a great environment.
0: You know, one time, one time, Josh, one time. You know, similarly, I think I think the vibes at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium this year have been fantastic. But I hate that this is an eleven AM kick. I hate it. I, I think if this was a I think if this was a primetime game on Saturday, we would be losing our ever loving minds leading up to it. Still and and, and eleven AM kicks are gonna continue in the SEC. I don't think that there'll be uh Nearly as well. I, I don't. I don't know what the approach is going to be from ESPN and ABC. Will they say we want our 11 a slash noon Eastern games to be as big of a deal as Fox, or will they say, you know what, we'll give, we'll put, we'll put Vandy and Ole Miss at 11 a.m. Go enjoy primetime. I, I don't. I don't know what's going to become the bigger deal for ESPN and ABC whenever they're all in on the on the SEC. But for now, what Nick Saban said. Same thing for tomorrow. It's a team that wants to go fast. This is a team that runs a lot of plays. Make it difficult. Please stop yelling Boomer after every first down. That's all I ask. That's it. That's all I want, Josh. Thanks to the crew at Burn Boot Camp here at Robinson Crossings. Check them out, burnbootcamp.com. Scott's an absolute rock star. His wife, Casey, run the joint. Thanks to David. Good speed. See you back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. I'll be over at Boy Street Ventures. Josh, have a great night. Parker Thune on site next with Mike Steely on the ref.